Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction, starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, a radio.com sports Sports Station, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Good Saturday morning, Chicago. Welcome inside the clubhouse here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. I am David Hall with Bruce Levine until 11 o'clock. We have plenty to discuss in a week when the engine that is the Cubs offense appears to be fixed. Bruce, the White Sox continue to be powered by a Mercedes. And here we are with two winning baseball teams in Chicago, both the Cubs and the Sox. 10 and 9, just like we all expected, right, Bruce? Good morning. Good morning, David. And only 143 games left to play. I, I don't know. Uh, can we predict, uh, can we call winners right now? Uh, are they both the uh, playoff teams as uh, we enter the uh, fourth week of the baseball season? It is, it is uh, good to see both the Chicago teams, uh, you know, fighting and pushing uh, almost. You know, David, it's it's almost like a September rather than for the way the the Cubs and White Sox have had a fight, pull their way back up to respectability the first three weeks of the season, uh, just getting over 500 now and being at near it near to the top of their divisions. Um, it's a it's a place to go. It's a place to strive for, but um, you know the the constant. You know, they lost four, they they won three, they're over 500. It's a good place to be. You don't want to get buried, but there is a lot of parity in baseball right now, David. Absolutely a lot of parity in baseball, Bruce, and a lot of overreaction. That is the nature of what we do. So as the Cubs and Sox struggled in the first three weeks of the season, I think that your sarcasm is, is duly noted and probably appropriate in that we have kind of written certain things off about both teams and the Cubs offense a week ago, we're sitting here on a Saturday morning talking about what's wrong. You know, it's chronically broken. How are they going to ever recover? And here in the last, they're, they're now on a four game winning streak, having beaten four first place teams. They, uh, the first 13 games of the year, Bruce 34 runs scored the last six 55. That is a run explosion. And, this Cubs offense suddenly looks well. And the White Sox, 
well, the White Sox were underachieving. They were doing this. They were doing that. They weren't getting it done. And, and here they are. They have a nice victory last night uh, over the Texas Rangers at home. And your mean Mercedes does it again. His third game with uh, – I'm sorry, his fifth game with three or more hits. He has a four-hit game. And the White Sox look just fine. Thank you very much. So, yeah, we have overreacted a little bit, but this has been fun to watch. It, 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 now that they are above 500, finally – can they sustain it? Can they, you know, be the teams that we thought they could be? You know, the talk of the beginning of the year now, David, um, is certainly around the Yerminator. I mean, that is an exciting baseball story. It certainly transcends Chicago baseball. This is a, you know, 10-year minor league guy coming out of independent baseball. And now just uh, doing, you know, not just swinging for the fences, trying to hit a home run every time up, but pushing uh, baseballs all over the field, Joe Madden style, you know, everywhere in the gaps, just, uh, you know, doing things, uh, you know, pitching one game, playing first and getting pulled after a couple innings, another game. It's just um, kind of a magnet that is attached to her, your main uh, Mercedes and the way that he is drawing attention to himself in a very positive way with the White Sox. When it comes to the Cubs, David Ross is your early season manager of the year with a team going into yesterday's game that was last in offense and second to the last in pitching in the National League. Uh, this don't add up to a team that's a game over 500 and uh, just a game out of first place. So we, we, we rebound back to the parity in baseball after three weeks of a season. 312-644-6767. Let us know. Send us uh, a text or a phone call. Let us know what you think. We are broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios, the local Hyundai dealers uh, brought to you by. And I think that, Bruce, you hit on the, the biggest story for the White Sox and, and maybe the, the overall, the general surprise about the Cubs. But your mean Mercedes is not only maybe one of the bigger surprises in Chicago, but throughout the league in 17 games, a 28 year old who had, you know, basically had one at bat coming into the seasons, hitting 429 with 15 runs batted in in 17 games. And last night, post game, Tony La Russa said, what everything, everyone watching the Sox uh, wonders. And he said there is a possibility he's for real. And if he is, I'm curious how that affects what the Sox do with the roster once it is healthy and whole. I, I'm curious in how long this is uh, going to you know, go on for Mercedes. Can he maintain not certainly a 429 clip, but if he is your DH, uh, there are implications for Andrew Vaughn, for Adam Engel. I guess that's a nice problem to have. You don't have to worry about it yet, and we should just enjoy the ride, correct? David, I think so. I mean, look, uh, you know, guys that got late starts to their career that became Hall of Famers, great players like uh, the Maury Wills of the world, uh, Phil Necros of the world, Hoyt Wilhelms of the world, guys that spent 10 years in the minor leagues before they became star players. Uh, it, it doesn't happen very often, but in this case, you, you look at Mercedes and he's just not trying to do too much. He's not trying to make an impact. He's just trying to be a player helping his team win, uh, just the way he attacks his own. And, you know, he's the every man, which is even a better part of the story. A guy that doesn't uh, look all that athletic, 
a guy that, uh, you know, from a 16-inch softball team could uh, walk off that field on, into the Major League ballpark and say, <laughs> there's that guy, you know. He's playing in the league, you know, in South Shore, you know, at the uh, Rosenblum Park, and now he's over at a guaranteed rate, you know, being a star for the White Sox. That's the beauty of, of baseball, that you don't have to be uh, look a certain way, act a certain way. All you have to do is go out there and produce – and be a ball player, and and that's I think always it's always been the attraction for me, David, is that uh, there is no one prototype that makes into a, a major league baseball player. You look at the NBA, you look at the NFL. There are all kinds of prototypes in your face. With baseball, you can look any way at all and still be a very good baseball player, which is fun. I also like it the fact that he had a, a, a difficult week. Now, how how does a guy hitting 429 have a difficult week? Well, he got he got yanked. He got yanked the other night after misplaying a ball at first base, and he was exuding uh, negative vibes. In the words of Tony Larusa, we talked about that on the Mullen Haw show, Bruce. And you mean Mercedes was taken out of the game and replaced? And and I I wondered how he would come back from a, a setback. And that's a, may sound like a minor setback, but he really hadn't had one. And, and yet, last night, we find out that, that that's how uh, he would respond, and it's good for the White Sox. They are better when he's hitting like this because it is also not expected, but it's deep in the, in the order. Bruce, I think he batted seventh last night. I don't right. know how long that will last. Uh, I know they have a lineup that's loaded, so maybe where else do you put him? But it, what a great problem for Tony Larusa to confront, and he probably never envisioned having this issue. Where am I going to bat your mean Mercedes because he's hitting 429? You know, it, it's almost like, you know, back in the day where Leno or Letterman would go uh, on vacation and someone else would step in. And the, the show, you know, you don't you don't know if the show is going to be good or not. But some of those co-hosts were uh, those uh, step in hosts were really good. And in the case of Mercedes, he's the uh, he's the spring and summer host replacing uh, Eloy Jimenez. And, That's right. And, and, and who could bring more joy than this guy has other than Eloy? who represented greatness as far as his hitting and joy as far as what he brought to the ballpark every day with a smile on his face and just having fun playing baseball. And and this guy appears out of nowhere in the White Sox farm system to kind of bring that energy and joy to the White Sox in replacement of Eloy Jimenez. And just as unexpected has been the Cubs' offensive surge of late. They've had a really big week. We will get to that in a second. But, Bruce, I think we have some people who want to participate in the conversation because uh, they're having fun. This is a fun week for the Cubs and Sox. They're finally uh, above 500. They both are 10 and 9. And so let's go out to the score listener line powered by BetQL, betql.com. Mike is in Glencoe. Welcome to Inside the Clubhouse, Mike. Good morning, guys. And, Bruce, I have uh, questions about last night's uh, X and current Sox starting pitchers last night. Dunning looked like he started out like a house of fire, uh, determined to beat the Sox, and then they, he blew up, and I'm curious about what happened to him. And please tell me why Dylan Cease is in the major leagues this morning. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, you know, it's it's a fair question, isn't it, David? I mean, uh, Dylan uh, was a pitching like a house on fire in spring training, getting deep into spring training games, you know, throwing his 
uh, 80, 70, 80, 90 pitches in five innings and uh, being efficient, not walking anybody most of the spring. And then uh, you, you, you come fast forward to where we're at right now. And, you know, he goes three and a third innings. He gets pulled after 80 pitches and uh, just cannot command the fastball. And, you know, it just doesn't it doesn't look like uh, it's supposed to look. That's all we Bruce, can say about it. Bruce, He's he got tremendous gotten, stuff. Yeah, he does. But he hasn't gotten to the fifth inning yet in a start this year, correct? And and you want more out of your fifth starter, and that is what he has become with an asterisk because I wonder how long he will remain the fifth starter if he can't go into the fifth inning. And his stuff has never been a question. It's kind of from the shoulders up, it seems. And he had something interesting to say post game last night you alluded to, and I know you were – uh, up late on the Zoom conference, and, and we appreciate that because you're on all of these uh, post-game co- press conferences and Zoom conferences. He alluded to the fact that next time out, he's just going to let it rip. He's just going to stop thinking and start throwing. Is, is that a good direction for Dylan Cease to go, or is that the only direction he can now? Well, what it tells me, David, is uh, he's very frustrated with the process and that he feels that uh, and somehow he's being contained in uh, the new uh, format that he's come up with, and it was very successful. Um, some of the uh, the the new no wind up, uh, you know, north south pitching that he was doing from spring training on. But right now, uh, somehow he doesn't feel like himself. So I think that's why you get a reaction from uh, Cease like that that he he needs to go back and just go free form again. Uh, it got him to the major leagues. We know this stuff is great. Our good friend Steve Stone says that this guy should be one of the top pitchers in the game. I trust in what Steve says. He rarely is uh, hyping people that doesn't think that we don't think deserve it. So uh, the stuff is there. The confidence and the ability to repeat his pitches have not been. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. What's been the most surprising thing? about both the Cubs and the White Sox as they finally sit here 10-9, and over 500 for the first time this season. Both teams are over 500. Let's go back out to the BetQL listener line. That's where we find Perry in St. Charles. Perry, welcome to Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, good morning, David. Good morning, Bruce. Great show, gentlemen. Um, Thank you. I'm a big Cub fan, and uh, I've enjoyed this past week. I have to admit that. But it is... It occurs to me that over the past week, if you look at the pitchers they faced, they're not facing ones and twos. They didn't face DeGrom or the other top starter the Mets have. Uh, Yesterday's pitching with Milwaukee wasn't exactly their top-of-the-line pitching. And uh, I'm just not convinced that this hitting can last. Uh, Bruce, I'd like your feedback on that and what you think, if you think I'm wrong or or, or what. I think you're right. And uh, David, I, I think he's right about that. But that's how you win in Major League Baseball. That's how the best team wins 60% of their games. That's how, uh, in sports, you beat up on the teams you're supposed to beat up on. In this case, individually, you're beating up on pitchers you're supposed to beat. Because these are, after all, you know, all-star players. Some of them, you know with Hall of Fame treks to their career. Uh, They're supposed to beat up the average pitchers, and they weren't doing that 
for most of last year, uh, the end of 2019 and the beginning of this year. So therefore, the questions were, you know, they were real. I mean, it's fair. They, They do it themselves. All right, Perry. Good phone call. Fair point. Bruce, stop and smell the ivy. Look, this is a team that a week ago we were talking about whether or not they would even break the Mendoza line. We were talking about how many players they had under 200. They had gone one in five in the previous six games, and then during that six-game skid, they scored 11 runs. In the six games since that, they scored 55. I don't care who's pitching. That was something we didn't know if this Cub offense was capable of doing again. So you've got to play all the all, only the teams on your schedule. And by the way, Bruce, the last four victories the Cubs have had, not to get over over, over our skis here, but they all are in first place. You know, the Mets were in first place when they came to Chicago. Last yesterday was against a team in the Brewers that you, you know, had not done anything against. So you needed to get some guys going. This was a good this was a good measure of where the what the Cubs are capable of. They're not going to keep up this pace. Nobody expects that, but but I would think that everything in baseball tends to even out. So this this idea that they haven't beaten any good pitchers yet, yeah, okay, but it is only late April, and I think people are just encouraged by the fact that they are capable of scoring some runs because a week ago we wondered. We wondered a lot. If you go back and, and look at teams that make the playoffs, David, does anybody calculate at the end of the year, gee, uh, they won 90 games, but they, they didn't beat a lot of good pitchers. You know, they, they, they got to the NLCS or the ALCS, but they weren't very good against the top pitchers in baseball. Well, you're not supposed to beat the ground. You know, I think, I think last I looked in his last three starts, 14, 14, and 15 strikeouts. You're not going to beat a machine like the ground. He did the Cubs a favor. The Mets did the Cubs a favor by not pitching him. I mean, thank you very much. You know, yeah. the guy is just uh, probably uh, the, the most unbeatable pitcher in the game over the last 10 years right now. So Absolutely. The for, Sox have the Germinator, and, and the yeah. Mets have the Degrominator, and he has been that guy. So so beating teams that you're, you're supposed to beat, beating the third, fourth, and fifth starters – you know, that will give you a 600 winning percentage, okay? You're on your way to the playoffs if you do that. Uh, hats off to you if you beat those number ones, but they're, they're number ones for a reason. We were kidding on the Mullen Haw show this week, Bruce. Do you think that J- Jacob DeGrom was ducking the Cubs because he wanted to kind of <laughs> not pitch Thursday, pitch Friday? And thank goodness he, that he did because you're right. You, you, you have to take care of business against the, team, the pitchers that are at the back end of the rotation because if you don't, that's how you end up under 500 and being labeled an underachieving team, which the Cubs were uh, just a, a week ago or so. So I think that, yeah, it's, it's a valid point, and if it were September, you'd start to worry. But I, before we break, Bruce, I want to kind of ask you about a, a, a developing trend with the Cubs, and I wonder if it's going anywhere, if it's just happenstance. But now I think they are 6-0 and against left-handed starters, and you see the way that Jake, that Jake Marisnik has really been – and pleasant surprise his energy. He's had some big hits. He had a big day yesterday. Do you sense that the Cubs, number one, are going to be tougher on lefties? And how might that affect the lineup with guys like Marisnik and the flexibility of Chris Bryant in that outfield even uh, moving forward? Well, uh, the number one thing for the Cubs so far and the most pleasant surprise, I guess you would say, even though he's been an all-star numerous times and a former MVP and uh, rookie of the year is Chris Bryant. 
just the way that he's looked and the you know forget about the result okay results have been really good but just look at the comfortability of a, a healthy Chris Bryant standing in the batter's box look at the confidence that he has in those swings uh, look at the way he walks away from the from the uh, batter's box even if he makes an out or he strikes out Th- this is a different guy he's a healthy player okay we saw a guy who was totally unhealthy last year. No excuses. He never made any excuses. He just had to wear it. That's the nature of sports. It's the nature of baseball. But, it, you know, you're looking at a healthy guy, and he kills he kills left-handed pitching, you know, and, and you're supposed to if you're that type of guy. So from, from all of that, David, uh, I, I just, you know, I, I think it starts with him. Uh, there's a lot of guys still slumping. Not not even uh, playing up to their ability, but David Ross continues to put him out there. David Bodie uh, hadn't hit a thing until yesterday, you know, and, you know, look at the numbers he put up in the last couple of days. Who's so, the odd uh, man out, out in, in, in a right-handed lineup, Bruce? Do you think that Hayward will t- take fewer at-bats, get fewer opportunities? We saw him with a big pinch hit this week. Or is it somebody like Ian Happ, or is it just depend on who's hot and who's not? You know, it's a great question. Uh, I think it's an oddity that you're seeing so many left-handed pitchers because there usually aren't all that many left-handed starters. Uh, And and I don't think there are in the Cubs division. But uh, from the perspective of facing outside of the division now, uh, you're going to see Marisnik uh, in there more often. Uh, He's a great defender in center field. He brings a certain type of kinetic energy with him. If you watch him zooming the bases... And uh, and just, uh, you know, the um, exterior joy he expresses when he's doing something out there with the team. Uh, he reminds me of Castellanos a little bit and what he brought to the Cubs a few years ago. So from all that, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, some of this is su- sustainable. Some of it, uh, as Anthony Rizzo said yesterday, will stink again. We'll be bad again. Uh, you can... Come and visit us again and say that we're not hitting, but we have 140 more games to uh, prove who we are. I don't think the marketing department is going to use that uh, or put it on a T-shirt. We'll stink again. Please come back. But I think the Cubs will will struggle. The Sox will struggle. But right now, they're both on uh, on good streaks. They're both 10 and 9. We'll, we'll continue to discuss this until 11 o'clock. We've got a big show. Andrew Berlin, the owner of the South Bend Cubs at 1040. We will have some chin music in the 10 o'clock hour. But when we come back, Bruce, we will talk to the Cubs. I don't know if he's their most valuable pitcher, but he might be their most versatile. Alec Mills next on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
ABCGetYourFurnaceFree.com for details. For a limited time with ABC, buy an AC Get Your Furnace Free. Buy one, get one free with ABC. Visit 4ABC.com. That's the number 4ABC.com. And consider it done. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. He really is the Swiss Army knife down there and use him to, I mean, he's closed out a game. He's spot started last second, giving us four good innings uh, tonight, coming in, filling. You know, he, it's, it's, I can manage the game with a guy like him down there when he's rested, especially. I can, I can, you know, I don't think Zach had had his had his A game today and and was was working hard to get outs and uh, it was nice to be able to pull the trigger there with Sogi and him get that big base hit to add a run um, early on kind of an insurance run and then knowing um, trying to get a shutdown inning there from Rex and then you know we open it up and and uh, Mills he's able to to come in and just really set the game at ease for us and welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse. I'm David Hall with Peaceful Mind until 11 o'clock. That was the voice of David Ross, Cubs manager, talking earlier this week about the right-hander Alec Mills, who has been an emergency closer. He's been an emergency starter. He has been the guy who has done whatever the Cubs have asked Bruce, and I think that he's underscored his value to this pitching staff at a time where they really needed that versatility uh, and he, he can be used in a variety of ways, and, and he didn't make the rotation coming out of spring training, but it never bothered him, and he'd come, and he's a consummate professional. And, um, and that is why um, he's, uh, he's valuable to this team, and, and that's where we will find him. We go out to the Alpamonte Nissan Hotline, Alpamonte Nissan in Melrose Park. Bruce, where we will introduce our next guest. Talk about earning your way to the major leagues. We talked a lot about your main uh, Mercedes with the White Sox. How about our guest right now? We welcome in Alec Mills of the Chicago Cubs. And uh, you know what, uh, Alex? Alec, first of all, thank you for joining us. And second of all, um, people think that Major League Baseball players just land from Mars somewhere and they're, uh, they're in the big leagues. Uh, talk a little bit uh, about your trek in the minor leagues with the Kansas City Royals from 2012 till now. This was... This has not been the easiest thing in the world, has it? Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, yes. But, uh, yeah, no, it's obviously, uh, it has not been smooth sailing. Um, I think just to kind of be brief, uh, like you said, drafted in, in 2012, 22nd rounder. Um, had Tommy John surgery in 13. Uh, kind of had to work way, work my way back from that. Um, kind of always had success, but was never really, you know, flashing the radar gun or, or you know, flying up prospect charts or anything uh, and just kind of moved up a level at a time every year. Uh, ended up debuting in 16 with Kansas City. Actually jumped from double A to the big leagues. So that was a, a pretty surreal moment for me. Um, and then kind of uh, went back down after that and just bouncing back and forth between the big leagues and triple A um, ever since then until last year was my first full year up. Um, and then, you know, kind of got an opportunity and, and tried to run with it the best I could and, and hopefully made the best out of it. You certainly did that, Alec. It's great to talk to you. September 13, 2020, a date that you will never forget. That's when you threw the no-hitter against the Brewers at Miller Park. And, you know, I have a ton of respect for what happened next. Then you go into spring training and you have, you know, uh, you, you are the six-man in a five-man rotation. And I think part of that decision from what David Ross, how he explained it, was the fact that they knew that they could count on you in a variety of ways. 
How difficult was that to take the reality that was in front of you to overcome <clears throat> that disappointment and be as valuable as you have? Because it didn't seem like you let that 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 set you back much at all because you have done whatever the Cubs have asked and you've done it pretty well. Yeah, obviously, um, you know, it wasn't news that uh, was exciting to hear. Uh, but it was one of those things where I kind of just told myself, you know, you have the day to go home, um, you know, kind of handle it the way you need to handle it. Uh, but then the next day is a new day. Uh, you know, you're still you're still on the Chicago Cubs. You're still pitching. You're still doing what you love to do every day. Um, so, you know, just take it with a grain of salt. And, and like you said, just to be able to do everything that I know I can do. Um, I know that it can be a valuable asset for this team. Um, and I'm really just here to try to help us win, many, win as many games as possible. Alec Mills of the Chicago Cubs, our guest on Inside the Clubhouse. He's David. I'm Bruce. We're here for you. 52 weeks out of the year talking baseball on the score on Inside the Clubhouse. Alec, um, you know, uh, preparing for closing a game out, being a long man, being a starter, uh, being (coughs) in the middle, uh, the first three weeks of the season, how does one – prepare his arm for all of those different roles as a cub pitcher? You know, I think the only thing I can really do um, is just try to be as close to 100% as I can every day. I mean, I don't think there's there's really no difference in preparing your arm for, you know, necessarily being a starter or being a closer. Um, you know, you kind of just want it to feel as good as you can, feel, make your uh, body feel as good as it can every day, um, and then just kind of go from there. Obviously, if you you know, you go out and throw three or four innings. Um, you're probably going to need a, a, a day or two to kind of get back all the way um, recovered. Um, and then it's obviously a little different with, uh, you know, middle and, and, and late innings relief, you know, probably one inning at a time. You can kind of bounce back quicker. Um, but really just just trying to be, you know, available every time I can. You know, I think I've, I've said it before, but, the you know, the best ability is availability. So for, right, for me right now, I think that's just my number one goal every day is to be to be available and be ready to pitch for Rossi. You know, Alec, I think we hear a lot from young pitchers about this idea of they have so much information at their disposal that sometimes you wonder at what point it becomes too much and it's paralysis by analysis or they start to think instead of just rearing back and throwing. How, how, do, you, how do you manage to strike that balance between the information that is, is available to you and you can use and everything, the mechanics and everything is so scientific these days because of technology versus, you know what, you're still that kid who was just the best uh, pitcher on your Little League team and you can just rear back and fire and, and find a way to get hitters out. There's got to be somewhere in between which is the right balance to strike. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a, a line that's kind of balancing in between. Um, that being said, it is very difficult to find sometimes. Um, you know, I think this year, you know, hasn't really been smooth sailing for me. Um, Numbers-wise, it's been okay, and I've had had pretty good results. But, you know, I'm kind of been struggling with, with uh, you know, like you said, battling using a scouting report or battling, you know, doing what I do best um, and kind of getting stuck too far on one side of that spectrum. But, uh, you know, it's been – it's it's definitely been a grind. I know that's cliche, but – uh, you know, I think I'm trending in the right direction right now. Mechanically, was kind of searching for some things, um, you know, the last, the past four or five outings. Um, but the last one out was better. Uh, thought I commanded the ball better and, uh, you know, was able to create some more weak contact than I have in the past. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's it's not easy. Um, I think it's, 
it's more or less you just have to figure out what makes you good. And, and, you know, you really need to know yourself and how much information you can take in and and how much, you know, needs to be used but maybe not relied on. Um, But, you know, it's – I wish I had a better answer answer for that. Um, But, you know, sometimes we all battle that. So it's uh, definitely not something I have a concrete answer for. Alec Mills with us for just a few more minutes on Inside the Clubhouse. And, Alec, um, why why do you think baseball is a more romantic sport, a uh, more uh, interesting sport in general to a lot of people? Um, do you think it's the human interest side of the game that we hear about, uh, the stories about guys like Mercedes or yourself that have spent – you know, a tremendous amount of time uh, at your trade trying to hone your skills and finally getting there. Uh, those are great stories. Um, what is it about baseball, do you think, that uh, that attracts so many millions of people? You know, I think, like you said, I think there's stories like that, like Mercedes, um, you know, with the White Sox that, you know, it's just kind of been doing it for so long and gotten to be, so good at it that finally, you know, it was like, Hey, give this guy a chance. Um, but you know, you look at other sports on the surface and, you know, all those guys are, are the best athletes in the room, the best athletes on the planet. Um, and that's not to say that, you know, there, there aren't a lot of the best athletes on the planet in baseball, but there's a lot of guys like, you know, like me that maybe aren't, you know, the most athletic guy in the room, um, but kind of know what I need to do to get things done and, and, and accomplish, um, what I need to do every day to be a better pitcher. Um, you know, so I think that's, that kind of, to me, I would say speaks to the to the to the fan a little bit more than, than you know a basketball player that's six ten and has you know a thirty five inch vertical that can jump out of the gym. But you know, it's I think you know sometimes we can just relate. You know, it's a little more fun to go out and play catch in the backyard versus you know needing a basketball goal or something like that to to play in your backyard. So hopefully, we just speak to the uh, to the fan a little more. Yeah, you are the everyman on the Cubs pitching staff. People can relate because they feel like uh, they, they see you do what you do and they think they could they could do it too because you look like the guy they'd be sitting, sitting next to on, on the train or, or walk in and see at the store. And, yeah, Alec, you threw a no-hitter. And, and we talk in, in this town recently. We just saw Carlos Rodon do the same thing. And how does a no-hitter change your life and change your perspective and change your stature in the game? It was just last September when you did it. How would you answer that question? How did throwing a no-hitter change you if it did at all? You know, I think I'd, I'd like to say that didn't change me. Um, but I think if anything was for the better, you know, just, just a confidence booster, knowing that, you know, I could go out there and do it um, as a starter and get through a lineup three times. You know, I think well, there's a lot to be said from that. Um, it's not easy. Um, you know, I Obviously, we've seen two quick no-hitters to start off the year, but I think there's been, you know, just under 310, I think, in the history of the game. So it's definitely not something that's easy. Um, You know, and it's just, for me, it was just more of a confidence boost. I think outside of that, I tried not to change too much. I tried to be the same guy. Um, You know, baseball can humble you real quick. You know, you can can have a no-hitter or one outing and then, you know, not make it out of the first another. It's... uh, that's, I think that's another thing that can kind of, um, you know, go back to that last question of why it's just it's, it's such a game. It's such a pastime for people to watch. It can just get such different results in different days. It's just a lot of fun, I think. Alec, uh, with, your, with the time you put in and, and the hard work and just the, you know, 
burrowing sense of what baseball players have to do to get the job done. Do you have a time to have a general perspective of, uh, you know, ball games being, uh, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth inning on? A lot of them are strikeout, walk, home run, without a lot of action, a lot of maybe as much activity as there was 10 years ago when you started uh, professional baseball as far as uh, the movement of the game and the hitting of the game. Do, do you guys have any conversations about that, or is it pretty much, you know, business as usual, you know, get the job done, not worry about what other people are talking about? You know, I think we obviously, uh, you know, we're not uh, blind to the fact that that's kind of uh, a direction that the game is heading. But at the same time, you know, I think you're talking about um, those guys that are on the back end, you know, it's if those guys execute their pitch, you know, I'd like to think that a lot of hitters aren't going to hit them. So I think that's a lot of times why you, you see a lot of the strikeouts. Um, and then the homers and walks are pitches that, you know, aren't executed and missed in the zone. And, you know, those are the ones that are going to get punished in the big leagues. You know, they're big league hitters. They've been doing it for a long time and they are very good at it. Um, you know, so it's, it, you know, it's definitely a trend, but I think it's because we are um, just getting to the, to the point where we can really, you know, execute pitches to the best of our ability and know what we need to do to do that. Um, and, you know, I don't know if there's any ideas to kind of stop that trend or anything like that, but I think we're all well aware of it, and it's definitely talked about. Um, but, you know, that's just part of the game nowadays, and we have to adapt. Alec, thanks so much for your time. Best of luck for the rest of the year, and really appreciate you joining us this morning. Yeah, thank you, guys. Alec Mills, the Cubs do everything pitcher Bruce the emergency closer the emergency starter just the most ver- most versatile pitcher maybe on uh, that staff for David Ross and the, the type of ball players I've always been most interested in talking to David over my career guys that uh, you know have the perspective of well and we never got to around to ask him uh, how did he support his family on uh, you know 35,000 or 40,000 a year? in the style he wanted to have them accustomed to the first 10 years of his career. Um, he didn't start making any major league money until full-time last year. So uh, how, do, how does one go about that? that? Those are the interesting stories and interesting people I, I enjoy around the game. Another interesting guy who took a step forward yesterday, Kyle Hendricks. Do you think he's fixed? What do you think? 312-644-6767. Let us know. We are here inside the clubhouse with Bruce Levine. I'm David Haw until 11 o'clock at Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. A little bit better. You know, there were definitely more positives to take out of this one. I uh, just have to keep going with it. You know, there's still a lot of work to do. Still some hard contact, fastballs that are up, but I at least made some better pitches overall. I just need to, like I said, continue on that road, get my fastball down more with the action, and just make better pitches overall. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score on David Hall with Bruce Levine until 11 o'clock. That was the voice of Kyle Hendricks, who on Friday bounced back from his worst outing as a professional, Bruce. We don't need to revisit what he did last Sunday night in giving up four home runs in the first inning, but... We will mention it because it is the frame of reference. And yesterday, 53 pitches through five. He was cruising. Ends the day going six innings, six hits, two runs. They were back-to-back homers. So do you take a positive out of that because it was five strong and he did bounce back, Bruce? Or did the home runs remind you of, oh, no, this is not a guy who's fixed quite yet. We need to wait and see. But I think the Cubs will take it because 
kind of gets lost in the run explosion that they had in, in scoring how you know 15 runs again. Yeah, David, uh, the best analysis and analyst for uh, watching Kyle Hendricks is Kyle Hendricks. He gives you more insight, I believe, than almost any player or any pitcher I can remember. Uh, because he, uh, when you talk about being 100% honest, yeah, I mean, most of the guys are, but they don't give you the insight into exactly what he's going through or relating to the, your question quite like he does. Um, he told you exactly what it is. He's not comfortable out there yet. He's starting to find the comfort level. Uh, he's not He's not happy with where his fastball is. He doesn't have – this is a guy that's – you know, made millions of dollars and won a World Series with the team uh, because of his uh, pinpoint ability with his fastball command to begin with. Uh, he's not happy with where it's at. And as you reflected very well, it showed up in the sixth inning with the home runs. So the fastball command, not what he wants, not there yet. But baby steps for Kyle Hendricks, who uh, had some setback health-wise and uh, is probably – getting to full strength for the first time right now, wouldn't use that as an excuse at, at all, and just uh, is starting to move toward the pitcher he needs to be. Again, um, David Ross, uh, David, said before the game, or after the game yesterday, that um, he's pitched, uh, you know, Hendricks, Hendricks probably pissed, pitched in the worst conditions of any of his starting pitchers in most of his starts. So he said, you know, Kyle won't make that excuse. It sounds like an excuse on my end. It's not. I'm just pointing out some reality of where Kyle Hendricks is at and where we expect him to be. Let me ask you this, Bruce, because he's such a cerebral pitcher, and he does think through every aspect of every start, and I think he understands the micro and what he needs to do from pitch to pitch, but he also understands the bigger picture. And in that bigger picture, Kyle Hendricks has never quite had the focus on him this season uh, before like he has this season you know you, there was always John Lester or maybe Jake Arrieta going back there was Hugh Darvish who yeah. was kind of the de facto ace does that play any role in a guy like Kyle Hendricks's head that okay now you are the unquestioned number one pitcher the ace of this staff does he take that onto the mound or is he able to compartmentalize and say I can't do anything different because this, if I do I'm not going to be the pitcher that I was to get to this point it's a very fair question. It's a good question. I think in most cases, you would say, you know, maybe that guy's not up to uh, dealing with the pressure of being Lester or Darvish in a situation where they're considered the ace of the staff. Kyle Hendricks, you know, to me, he's just a he he's just a professional uh, technician. He goes out there and he pitches his game. He's a true number one, two, three, four, fifth starter. On that particular day, he's the number one, just like they all are. So I don't think that impacts him at all. I don't think he feels he has to carry this team. There are other really good professional pitchers on that team uh, that will have to do that job along with him. He cannot pitch for those guys the other four starts uh, until his next start after that. So I don't, I don't think he feels the pressure. That I think he feels the pressure every game to go out there and do his best job. I believe that's true, but I don't think there's anything different for Kyle Hendricks. There are other questions I want to talk to you about, especially one that you wrote about on 670score.com where you write regularly about Craig Kimbrough. We will get to the Cubs down the road. We're here until 11 o'clock, but when we come back, Bruce, 
we have to address the the curiosity and in the phenomenon that is your mean mercedes we have to talk a little bit about the white Sox, liam hendricks dylan cease there are plenty of issues the emergence the re-emergence of jose abreu this week we'll get to the white Sox at the top of the hour this is inside the clubhouse here in chicago sports radio 670 the score we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.